All right. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're going to go ahead and get started. Nate. Nice shirt. I can't read it. Frederick County. Nate was good at baseball in 2008. That kind of rhymes. Hey, so, hey, are y'all liking this snow? I love it. I don't know. A lot of you guys, some uh, some some Debbie Downers out there don't like snow. I'm from Houston, so snow is awesome to me. I love it, except I almost like kind of a, what's it called, fishtailed in my own driveway because it slanted like 45 degrees. almost hit Brandon's truck, but I didn't, so I regained control. I was on some ice, so it was kind of slippery. But uh, anyways, thank you, Taylor, for announcements, y'all. Taylor was working all weekend on an assignment for a capstone. She still did announcements. She's trying to graduate. Good job, Taylor. She's doing well. And she had a, and she had a test today. That's crazy. She had a busy weekend. Uh, Sarah, that was awesome as well. Thank you so much. It is definitely the experience. And we're going to talk about it some more tonight. Monday nights are some of my favorite nights of the week. It's one of my favorite nights of the week. Some of the nights doesn't even make any sense. But the reason it's been one of my favorite nights of the week this semester is because we've been in this conviction series, right? It's been so good. Who has been blessed by this conviction series? All right, like 15 people. Sweet. So, well, hopefully you'll be blessed by this one. Uh, it's been so good. We are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. I would love to recap on all the other sermons we did, but we don't have time for that. If you, had a f- if you have a phone that can use podcasts or a computer that has the internet, go look all of our podcasts up. They are so great, and they are amazing. The reason we are preaching about these things is because we believe that they are truths that the Lord has highlighted, that he has put consistent and um, tremendous emphasis on in the Bible, and because of that, we, we want to pay attention to those things, right? A conviction simply means a firmly held belief, and it has nothing to do in this case with the justice system, right? It's not like, oh, man, I'm going to go to jail. I'm convicted. You know, it's, it's not that. It is a firmly held belief, right? And so convictions are formed when we look at these truths in the Bible and we continue to over and over again live by those, th- those truths that Jesus tells us about in his word. And we hope that you guys can catch our convictions, right? Because we have seen what life looks like when these convictions are either consistently or temporarily lived according to or contrary to, and what effect that can have on our lives and the lives of the people around us. So we want you guys to walk with Jesus for the rest of your lives. Like Taylor mentioned, small groups are a big deal to us. If you're not in a small group, get in one tonight. I think this thing is kind of going in and out. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe I'm moving too much. Oh. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we want you guys to walk with Jesus for the rest of your lives, and we want you guys to be able to reach out to the people around you for the rest of your lives as well. And so we believe that talking about these convictions, if you guys can catch these before you move on after college, wherever that may be, that these will better enable you to walk with Jesus and show other people's how to as well. So, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Last week, Sean talked about Um, how the Holy Spirit is a person, and as a person, we should worship Him, we can have a relationship with Him, He's part of the Trinity, all that stuff. Well, there's a lot of stuff about the person of the Holy Spirit, but we're not going to talk specifically about that tonight. We're going to cover the baptism. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a pretty hot topic in the church, right? 
Some of you guys might have heard things about it here and there growing up recently, whenever, not sure, maybe had some, some weird experiences with it. Well, the, ho- the baptism of the Holy Spirit is probably the single conviction that I have that is so completely different today than it was before I got to college. So the things I talk about tonight, I didn't always you know, like know these things or believe them or, or know that they were for today or anything like that. So I was in your position before. So don't think that I've always believed this for my entire life because I haven't. I actually grew up probably similar to a lot of you guys who grew up in church. Um, I went to a Presbyterian church in Houston. Um, I had a lot of people who loved me, who showed me how to walk with Jesus, my parents being some of them, really grateful for them. I knew a lot of the Bible. I got saved when I was eight. I was at church as much as I could, youth groups, Sunday school, mission trips, anything that I could do, right? I was in the church. I was a good Christian kid, right? Well, that all changed when I got to college, and I met Josh Gray, who should be up there. Kind of blurry pictures and really old. That was before iPhone 7s. But over there on the left, that's uh, that's me and Josh. Uh, Josh is a few years older than me. Not really sure how old he actually is because he never told me. Uh, but that's at his wedding a few years ago, back when I could uh, actually keep a good tan. You can't really tell right now. But unlike up in West Virginia where you can't. And then another picture is uh, like a couple weeks after the first day of school, right? Um, that is my freshman year. Uh, that is me. That's not my 10-year-old little brother over there on the left. Yes, that is me. <laughs> yep, Frankie. I love you. Frankie was not there yet. He was there the next year. Um, I have the same shoes I'm wearing today, but those jeans are long gone for obvious reasons. And that's just like a few of the guys that I knew, like my freshman year, some in small group, you know, some there all over the place. I wish I could talk about all of them tonight, but they're all awesome and I can't do that. But anyways, so that was me freshman year, and uh, up until college, the only thing I ever knew about the Holy Spirit was what we said in something called the Apostles' Creed, right? It basically says a ton of things that we say we believe in, one of those being that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? And then it also says that we believe in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Oh, big deal. We believe in him, right? So crazy. Well... Um, when I got to college, like I said, all of that changed. And so um, whatever your experience or your knowledge of or lack of knowledge, whatever it is that you have about the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to humbly and willingly put that to the side for a second and listen to what I'm saying so the Lord can speak through me. If it's your first time, Welcome. Uh, We're not going to make you do anything weird (laughs) because uh, that's just not going to happen tonight. The only weird thing that might happen is if like Jeff hugs you or something because he's known for doing that. If he hasn't already done it, it might happen anytime. He'll he'll get you. He's he's really good at that. So why the baptism, right? Well, just like every other conviction, we believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit has everything to do with with why we gave our lives to come to WVU and make disciples, right? Two things. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see this in a second, enables us to do the work that Jesus has called us to do, which is make disciples of all nations, and it also is a way that the Lord has extensively given himself to us one more time, right? He continues to give himself to us, and that's why we're doing these, right? And so... The best way I could think about this, 
just like Jordan said last week about like taking one bite of these burgers from the cook-offs, right? It was just like a travesty. You want to eat the whole thing. We're not going to be able to do that tonight with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the best way I was able to think about it was in terms of Netflix, right? Who likes Netflix? Oh, well, okay, well, good thing. You guys are probably praying and reading your Bible, not watching Netflix, because that was a really low response. But uh, anyways, I figured most people would understand it this way. So tonight is going to be like the pilot episode of the best series ever, right? The pilot episode, they like introduce people, you know, like backstories, relevant information, all kinds of stuff like that. That's going to be us tonight. Okay, so, and then I'll set you up to like watch the r- watch the rest of them, right? Because it's, it's going to get pretty crazy. Um, not crazy bad, but crazy good. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know why y'all laughed. <laughs> but anyways, okay, sweet. So we're going to pray real quick, and then we're going to get into scripture. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this uh, this time to just come together and meet and worship you, Jesus. Lord, this is uh, this is some big stuff. Would you, uh, would you just anoint me right now, God? Would you speak through me? Would you speak to our hearts, God? Help us listen to what you want to say to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Sweet. Yo, I'm excited. So, the first scripture is going to be Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, and then we're going to follow it up with a second one. They're going to be on the screen, so if you don't have your Bible, you can follow up there. There it is. Sweet. On one occasion, this is uh, talking about Jesus and his disciples. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to uh, to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Wait on that next one. Well, we just lost our main character. (laughs) They better recover from this one, right? Jesus is gone. What's going to (laughs) happen? Some series. Let's see what happens. All right, so the next one, Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. It's talking about the disciples. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's some pretty crazy stuff, right? (laughs) So Jesus is gone (laughs) and and the Holy Spirit came. Stuff w- stuff just went down. Y'all, if this was actually made into a series, this would be so crazy. Let's imagine what's going on at this moment, right? So, you have all the disciples, you know, together. There's And we think there's 120 of them all together because that's um, a certain amount of disciples that the Bible says were following Jesus at one point. So, when he goes to ascend, there's 120 people together, right? And uh, they were... That says they were in a house that could be a house or just a large room in the, in the temple where people were allowed to like pray and worship because I don't know what kind of house can hold 120 people. This place can, but I don't think they had the B&E back in Jerusalem, so it had to be a b- pretty big place, right? 
So they probably start off, you know, with like some arguing, like, oh, man, we don't need to wait. We can go and do this, right? And then some of them are like, are you, are you stupid? <laughs> Jesus said to wait here. We're going to wait here, right? So they settle that argument, and then they start praying and worshiping, right? So they start off with some classics like How He Loves and Amazing Grace and, all, you know, all the good ones. Maybe a podcast or two to, like, you know, get their minds on Jesus. And, uh, and, th- and they just worship for a while, right? So 120 people, there's probably like what, men, probably women, some kids, some dogs, because all dogs go to heaven, right? But there weren't any cats, though, because they're of the devil. So, you know, just, you know, everyone's everyone's there, and, you know, kids start crying, right? You know, like, it, it's just, it's crazy. Well, the first hour passes, then the second hour, the third, and then the first day's over, right? These guys are still here. Jesus is gone. No Holy Spirit. Or maybe they missed him. (laughs) That would be bad. Then the second day, the third day, right? They're still here. They're waiting. They're like, what is this going to look like, right? They're holding on to the words of Jesus, man. He said this Holy Spirit's going to come. Someone suggests, hey, we can still go. He's like, no, stop talking. We're going to wait. So they wait there, and it starts to like, They start to really get desperate, right? Their prayers turn from like, you know, just like, oh, God, we praise thee, to like, Jesus, we need you to do something right now. They wanted to be responsible with what Jesus had called them to do, but they didn't want to go without what Jesus told them to wait for, right, which is the Holy Spirit. So the tenth day comes around. They're hungry. They're tired. They've been worshiping. And it gets quiet. And then what happens? Boom! Whoa! Got some of you guys. Hey, sorry about that. But hey, seriously, what happens? Guys, it says the sound like the, look, the uh, of a mighty rushing wind comes. A wind, a tornado hits the house. A tornado hits a temple. It kind of sinks for the temple because an earthquake had already hit it 40 days before, 50 days before when Jesus died on the cross. Go read it. It's in the end of, you know, the Gospels. But anyways, hey. A tornado hits the house. Everyone starts speaking other languages. Everyone, like, gets up. They're not tired. They're not hungry. You know, like, all of this crazy stuff is going on. The moms are talking different languages. The kids are speaking different languages. Even the ones who probably couldn't even talk. The dogs, they're speaking different languages. Everyone. It's just so crazy. Like, the joy of the Lord fills the house. It says the presence of God was in this place, right? This is what happens. This is crazy. This, this, what is this? This was the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Pretty cool, right? I don't know if you guys have ever read it like that before, or if you've never read it at all, then maybe you'll read it like that from now on. But this is what was going on, guys, or at least it wasn't too far from that. So, where do we go from here? I just want to kind of like recap a little bit on what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, 4 through 5. Okay, it's, it's up there actually, just those two verses. Um, sweet. So, it says, what did Jesus say? It says, the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here are the times in Scripture, other places, that Jesus is pointing to in these, in these uh, four places. First of all, the gift my father promised. That is in Joel. Oops. 
Uh, okay, uh, that's fine. Okay, so so Joel two twenty eight to twenty nine. That is, um, Joel was an Old Testament prophet. He had he made this prophecy. The Lord spoke through him to the nation of Israel, saying, "Hey, there's going to come a time when I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody, on all believers." And it goes on to say other things that they'll do. But this is what Jesus was talking about, guys. This as a prophecy was also a promise, and this was the promise, and it was the gift that Jesus was talking about, and that's in Joel. And uh, if you guys don't have a habit of reading the Old Testament, you really should, because it's a great way for us to learn the character of God, as well as some really important life lessons. So you should really make a, a habit of doing that. John, this is uh, all of those four verses, t like at the bottom, John 14 through 16. That is all during Jesus' last conversation with his disciples before he went and died on the cross, right? So this is, you know, like Jesus, he's with his bros. Man, like, I really want this time to be special. What does he choose to talk about? The Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. There's some other things he talks about, too, that are also really important. But he mentions it for, and then I think one other time that I didn't put up there. But why did he do it then? Well, in the words of E. Stanley Jones, this is what he says. The last impression will be the lasting impression. What would be the last thing he would say to them? He had said many deathless things to them. Love your enemies. Be the servant of all if you would be the greatest of all. Lose your life to find it again, and many others, all of which are of great importance. But what did he pick out as, a la as the of the greatest importance? The last thing of which he would speak? He urged them to stay in the city until they were clothed with power, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In both cases, it was described as the last thing he said. It's pretty crazy. I couldn't agree with him more. The last impression will be the lasting impression. All right. Then he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3.11, this is what it says. This is John the Baptist speaking, actually. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right? The tongues of fire. That's what it's talking about. So this is pretty crazy, right? This is, um, this is John the Baptist who, right, he prepared the way for the coming Messiah, which was Jesus. I want to point out two really significant things about this. First of all, this verse can be found in all four of the Gospels. It can be found here in, Mar in Matthew 3. It can be found in Mark chapter 1, Luke 3, and then Luke chapter 1. It seems pretty significant that all four Gospel writers would choose to record this in their book, right? They're saying, hey, this is a big deal. By reinforcing it, all of them, and the Holy Spirit who inspired them to put this in there, right? This is definitely very important information about Jesus. Second thing, this is how John the Baptist, the one who prepared the way for Jesus, decided to identify Jesus. He knew a lot about Jesus. He could have said, you know, but one will come after me who will, you know, uh, be raised from the dead, or one will come after me who was born of a virgin, or one will come after me who will perform miracles. But he didn't. He didn't say any of that or anything else. What he said was, one will come after me who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. If that's how John identified him, it should mean quite a bit to us. 
And if that wasn't enough, all those things that Jesus reminded them about, that they had heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus paved the way for the disciples. If you guys didn't know, Jesus actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit himself before he started the, his ministry. It says in Mark 1.10, as well as a few other places, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Jesus never asked us to do anything he hasn't already done, right? Thank you, Jesus, for paving the way for what you want us to do. Man, was Jesus trying to make this a big deal, right? Was he, he, was, he was really fighting for his disciples to get in their minds, their thick minds, hey, wait for the Holy Spirit. You can't do anything good without him. You need this baptism, right? That was his message to them, right? And we know they held on to those words, right? Because we have Acts chapter 2 and the rest of the Bible, and now we're here, right? <laughs> we may not be here if they didn't wait, but we are. So thank you, disciples, for waiting. So um, what did their experience look like? Well, we know that it was, you know, pretty unexpected, but completely undeniable, right? There was no question that this was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about. So, what does that mean for, like, like for us? Basically, like, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happened after that? Well, we have a list, which don't put it up yet, quite yet, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 of all the spiritual gifts that came, right, like, when they were talking, there was, there was speaking in tongues and all this other stuff. And uh, basically, these guys, in, in addition to this crazy experience that just happened, their lives after that, they didn't have scripture to go back on. They had Joel 2.28, and that's it. They didn't have, hey, you know, like, speaking in tongues is this, wisdom is this, and all that other stuff. They just, like, it wasn't, it wasn't biblical truth. It was just their lives. You know, it was like uh, those old guys in those movies, like, back in my day. <laughs> you know, like, wait, wait on the body. Or like, uh, you know, some of those, <laughs> like, there's that one joke, like, oh, he's so old. <laughs> you know, like, in history class, they just wrote down what they did, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, well, maybe jokes don't work with you guys. But anyways, that's what they did. They just wrote down what they experienced. That's how we got First Corinthians 12. And so this is what it says. It's going to be up there. Here. There we go. Sweet. So there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men and all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the, of the spirit is given for the common good. So the one is given through the spirit. And then I just put it like that. So I don't have to read all the words around it. These are the nine gifts that Paul includes in this letter that he wrote to, wrote to the one of the early churches, which was in Corinth. That's why it's called 1 Corinthians. Um, we have wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing powers, um, healing miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues, right? And then it says, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So if you didn't know, right, Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. 
Why did he write it? Well, that church was undergoing like basically, it's almost like if you give, if you give like your two-year-old a hammer and then just said, hey, go have fun, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be too good after 30 seconds, right? <laughs> Things would be destroyed. You know, the kid would probably like break a thumb or something, you know, or, you know, pluck out an eye. It wouldn't be good. Well, these disciples were, were, this church was kind of in that situation. They were given all of this power and then they didn't have any instruction on how to use it. So it kind of got out of hand. And then uh, Paul has to write to them about these spiritual gifts because uh, from the Bible, it seems like every body in the early church was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if every church was going through this, then this was a big deal. And that's why Paul chose to write about it was because he felt it important to instruct these guys on a very essential element of their faith, right? The gifts of the Spirit. And it, and it wouldn't really make any sense if either Jesus or Paul would, like we saw earlier from what Jesus said about it and what we see with Paul and other places in Scripture as well, would spend so much time talking about something that was only going to last for like 40 years, right? Because there's the question, are these things still for today? Is the baptism or the gifts, are they still for today? Is what Sarah experienced true? Is it real? Is it what's in front of us? Or is it something else? Well, in response to that, because people believe that it has stopped, this is what A.W. Tozer says. They say that it is not for today. Well, why did the Lord leave it in the Bible then? Why didn't he put it somewhere else? Why did he put it where I could see it? if he didn't want me to believe it, right? It kind of tests, like, is the Bible the full weight that we, like, give it? Does it have full weight in our lives? He later says this, The Spirit-filled life is not a special, deluxe edition of Christianity. It is a part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. You must be satisf satisfied that it is not abnormal. I admit that it is unusual, because there are so few people who walk in the light of it or enjoy it. But it's not abnormal. In a world where everybody is sick, health would be unusual, but it wouldn't be abnormal. This is unusual only because our spiritual lives are so wretchedly sick and so far down from where they should be. That's crazy. Abnormal is not an unusual. I think Tozer makes a great point. So I want to share my experience from my freshman year. It's going to get a little crazy at a couple points, but just bear with me. Um, if, if what's in the Bible is true and it's for today, including some other things not mentioned, um, then, then it's going to be pretty crazy, right? Not crazy bad, crazy good. <laughs> Wait, that's a... Sweet. So on Sunday, September 21st, 2008, I'll let you do the math. Um, I went to Josh. It was about three weeks after school started. Oh, no, I went to Josh. I went to church with Josh um, at First Assembly of God in Huntsville. If you don't know, uh, Assemblies of God believes that the Holy Spirit, baptism, and the gifts are still active and working and for our lives today, right? I don't know if I knew that going into church that day, but I very quickly found out, right? And so we got church, you know, worship at the beginning, you know, we're singing, and then the last song comes to an end, and then I hear some lady talking, right? 
And I'm like, what the heck? This lady's talking in church? You can't talk in church. That's the pastor's job. Well, then I realized it wasn't English, right? And it wasn't Spanish, and it wasn't Italian or whatever else. It, this lady was speaking in tongues, right? She was giving a message in tongues like we saw in 1 Corinthians 12, right? And I'm like, what the heck? You know those moments where, like, it seems to take an eternity, but everything happened in a split second, right? So like a, like a car crash or a near miss or something, or like, you know, you slip on the ice, and it's like, no. <laughs> and then you hit your butt, and it's like, you, like, have these, like, educated, like, well-thought-out, like, thought processes in that, like, you know, half a second. It's like, how come I can't always think that, that you know? <laughs> but this is what happened to me, right? This lady's, you know, speaking in tongues, and I have this, like, thought-out, you know, thought process. It's, okay, well, that's not English. That sounds weird. Um, well, I know it's in the Bible. I've heard tongues being talked about in First Corinthians, because I knew the Bible. I've never heard this before, but she doesn't seem too weird. She seems to love Jesus. I mean, we're in church. Josh seems to love me enough to bring me to church. I know it's in the Bible. That sounds like what it would be like. So I guess it's for today. Right? There, I just went through, like, is it biblical? Yes. Does it seem like it's of the Lord? Yes. Check, check. All right, we're good. I've never seen it, but doesn't mean it wasn't for today, right? So that was me. Welcome to Pentecostalism, Christopher, <laughs> right? That was my experience in church. Well, after that, some guy gave an interpretation, right? And then I was like, well, that's biblical too, so we're still good, right? And then I didn't look at Josh, right? Because I wasn't going to do that. That would just make everything awkward. And he was probably praying anyways, like, Lord, Jesus, this guy thinks this is weird. Please help him deafen his ears. I hope he can't hear this. Oh, he looked up. He's He definitely heard it. Oh, he's going he's gonna to leave. I'm, he'll never talk to me again. Or just do something, right? <laughs> he was probably doing that. Well, it worked. If he prayed that, if not, I just spit. That's gross. Um, but anyways, he he like he does that, and everything went okay, and I left being introduced to tongues and interpretation, what I had read before, right? So that was church. Lunch was crazy too. <laughs> oh man, guys, I won't go into all the details, but it involved a kid. A, not a kid, a guy in college, uh, I knew on the drum line, Charles knows him, this guy had some demonic issues. I will leave it at that, and I won't tell you anything about details. If you want more details about the story, that's part of the story. I'll talk to you after the service, because it was awesome. Almost forgot. Ah, oh, dang, it's up there. Anyways, okay, so, um, right, so some demonic issues with this kid at church, not church, after lunch, at lunch, um, and then I... Asked Josh, I was like, what the heck just happened? And he said, oh, hey, man, don't worry about it. I'll pray for him. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> this kid was hopping in the car with us right after that. And I was like, he was bringing both of us home. I was like, I'm about to get in the car with the demon kid. What is going on? Josh is going to pray for me. It, it didn't even sound like abnormal to him. I was like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. So a demon kid yesterday, the other day, <laughs> like everywhere, you know? It's like, what's going on? And so, anyways, long story short, I, like, help Josh pray for this guy. I'm, like, in the back reading scripture out loud, and Josh is praying for him. Well, when we dropped the kid off, like, everything was fine, and, you know, the guy got healed and whatever. Um, in that moment, 
the Lord, sorry, not and whatever. <laughs> Bray, had, Bray laughed at that part. Not and whatever. It's great. Thank you, Jesus, for healing us. Um, the Lord had given Josh in that prayer, prayer time a, a word of knowledge, and he was able to discern what kind of spirit that thing was, right? So by the end of the end of my first Sunday going to church with Josh, I had seen four out of the nine gifts of the spirit that were in that First Corinthians twelve. That's crazy. I'd never seen any of them before. It was it was so crazy. And about the demonic stuff, guys, there are probably quite a few. There could be quite a few people walking around you on this campus every single day that have spiritual slash demonic issues. This stuff is for today, right? This isn't long outdated. You go to a third world country, you're going to see all kinds of stuff over there. Latin America, Africa, just crazy stuff. I've, I've seen stuff on the college campus. It's, it's around. This stuff is definitely for today. So, there was that. Monday was usual Monday. And by this point, usual was boring, right? Because I just had the day of my life, right? And so I just, you know, went to class and band practice and, you know, stupid. And then I was like, oh, man, I need to, I need to get more, right? So Josh was like, hey, prayer meeting, Tuesday night. I was like, okay, I'm there. And this was not like the disciples. It was in a 12 by 12 little room in Josh's apartment, right? There was me, him, a few small group leaders in Chi Alpha, and we're all there just praying. Well... After a few minutes, everybody except me starts praying in tongues under their breaths, right? Sarah mentioned prayer language. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I knew that was biblical. Everything was lining up with what I knew in the Bible, but not with what I knew in experience, right? And I was being introduced to all of this stuff, and I was sitting there. I was like, man, what is going on? I was like praying under my breath, and I was like, in English, and, and I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm so weird, I'm praying in English, right, <laughs> and so, and yeah, but it was crazy, because I was, as strange as this seems, these guys seem so normal, in fact, these guys were some of the most normal guys I had ever met, maybe it's, I'm the one that's less normal, right, it messed with me, it was crazy, and I kind of felt like the odd man out, not because they were pressuring me to believe anything, or to do anything, but it was just like, I was I was the only one without this. And it was like, man, there's there's got to be more, right? So prayer meeting ended, and then we went Wednesday. The next day, prayer meeting on campus, tons of people. And I was, it was by, th- by this point, I was like, man, I don't understand everything. It's in the Bible. I've seen some crazy stuff. But Josh, would you pray with me? I went up to Josh. He prayed with me. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Started praying in tongues pretty immediately. And the rest is history, right? My mom says, hey, you're a lot more confident. After that, you're a lot more bold. Josh says I was more excitable. (laughs) Whatever that was. I guess I was boring before that. So, you know, good for you guys that know me before then. But anyways, yeah, he was like, I was always hungry. Just wanted to spend time with him. So, yeah, it was it was awesome. But it was just Lord Jesus. I don't I don't understand all of this stuff, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to trust that there's more. And I'm going to trust that I can learn from you from this point out, right? Because I want what you have for me. I want more of you. So that was that. Crazy experience. Never forget it. September 24th, 2008. Every September 24th, I'm like, that was a day. It was awesome. It might happen to you tonight. So you might think back on this night and say, 
whatever today is, January 30th, 2017. That was a night. Hopefully. But we'll keep moving on. So, because it's a baptism, there's two things that I want to highlight. It's like two in one. There's wait for the Spirit so you can be empowered to be my witnesses, right? And then there's another aspect of it where it's I, I just want to give myself to you over and over again, right? That's what Jesus does. The Father made covenants with you know, all of the people in the Old Testament. He gave himself over and over again. He pursued them. He sends Jesus, New Testament. Jesus dies on the cross for us, right? And then Jesus leaves and he says, hey, we're not done. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And Jesus sends the Holy Spirit so that we can continue to be in his presence and have someone to guide us, right? So, two things to explain that. One is like um, a... uh, What's it called? Like, um, actually, Taylor actually talked about this last year. Um, it's like the difference between pouring something into a cup and then like throwing it into an ocean, <laughs> right? If we're being, if we're the cup in this situation, and you know, every time we do our little devo time, it's like, oh Jesus, you know, Psalms 25, and you know, we're going. I'm sure it's not like that, but that's Sean. That's how Demani talks like Sean. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, so there's there's like this, you know, this daily and like we kind of have to like go to them every single time and it's like we're just like draining like we got like leaks in us but then that's filling up the cup but then throwing us into the ocean we're like like we're like filled as well as like surrounded by this huge presence of water slash presence of the lord and in this analogy right so that's one thing right the lord wants to give himself to us we want more of god this is what he's doing in our life and it's crazy actually when taylor talked about that last year because josh would always say that that's the main way i heard him tell probably a hundred people that when he was telling them about the holy spirit and it was it was just crazy because like well must be from the lord but so there was that and then there's the empowerment right and josh would always say this about that he would say imagine the difference between a security guard Frankie used to be one of those, and the SWAT team, right? Pretty big difference. What's the difference? The authority, right? There's some authority, there's some there's some power behind the SWAT team that the security guard doesn't have. Uh, last semester, Frankie and I, we went to Kroger, and, and uh, <laughs> we, like, pull up on, like, the little lane that's in front of Kroger ov- over at Krogucci, where I shop, um, and uh, I go in, and and Frankie's like, "Oh, that stupid jerk!" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's talking about the guy in front of us who was had left his car and like went inside. And I was like, "Dude, why are you so upset?" He was like, "Man, when I used to r- work at Target, I was a security guard, and guys would leave their cars all the time there, and I would tell them to move it, but they wouldn't do anything." <laughs> That's what happens if we don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Spiritually speaking, we don't have the power. The enemy is not going to respect us. He's not going to listen to us because we haven't had this promise that Jesus had told us to wait for. That would have been the disciples, right? They keep praying. If they would have listened to the guy who said, hey, let's just go, then they would have been there, like, just not knowing what to do. People wouldn't listen to them. No one would have gotten saved. We wouldn't be here. And this world would be a much worse place. 
but they waited. So that's the difference. Intimacy and empowerment. So what do we do with all this stuff, right? I want to answer a couple questions you guys might be having. Is it only for the elite people? Is it only for the elite? Sarah's question, man, is it only for the elite? No, it's not. It's for everybody. Jesus said it was for everybody. D.L. Moody. And y'all heard of him before? All right. He sounds like an elite Christian, which he ended up being one. Elite. <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but he didn't start off that way, right? D.L. Moody was a uh, leader who, like, kind of helped influence the, um, the, what's it called? The Baptist Church, right? And uh, he had a huge influence on them. And he, uh, he, he lived, like, back in the 1800s. And he was a preacher. He was a teacher. Um, and he, he had, like, a little bit of fruit here and there. But um, he had this experience, which uh, he records. And we're going to read a little bit of a story. And so y'all just follow along with me. It says, He was stirred with a desire for spiritual power by two women who would attend the meetings. He could see that they were praying, and at the close of the service, they would say to him, We have been praying for you. Why don't you pray for the people? Mr. Moody would ask. Because you need the power of the Spirit, they would say. I need the power. Why? Why? I need the power. Why? said Mr. Moody, and relating the incident after. I thought I had power. I had one of the largest congregations in Chicago. But right along, these two godly women kept praying for me, and their earnest talk about anointing for special service set me thinking. I asked them to come and walk with me, and we got down on our knees. They poured out their hearts that I might receive the anointing from hunger and the anointing from hunger into my soul. I did not know what it was. Keeps going. There came a great hunger into his soul as he visited New York. He went there to raise funds because his church burned down. And it, was, it really, really stunk. But, but this is what it says. I was crying all the time that God would fill me with his spirit. Well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. I can only say that God revealed himself to me, and I had such an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. I went to preaching again. The sermons were no different. I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before that. Blessed experience, if you should give me all the world, it would be as the small dust of balance. I tell you, it is a sad day when someone believes in Jesus, gets baptized, and that's the last you hear of them. That's crazy. D.L. Moody. Similar to the Baptist. It's sad because the Baptists claimed John the Baptist as their, like, founding father. But he made such a huge deal about Jesus being, bap like, baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody got it. So... What was the result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? We find out in Acts 2.41. This was after Peter preached the sermon of his life <laughs> without preparing for it, right? They just prayed and worshiped for 10 days, and this is what's happened. Acts 2.41.
Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. There ain't 3,000 people in here to get saved. And even if there were, <laughs> I don't know if that would happen. That'd be awesome. But 3,000 people, that's crazy. That would not have happened had these guys just said, all right, we're good to go. See you, Jesus. And they went, and then they said, hey, you guys, there's this guy named Jesus. That would have been the situation. They wouldn't have listened. But 3,000 get saved immediately, and there's 5,000 more that get saved later record in Acts, right? So what does this look like for us, right? Do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I think we do. I, I have, my life has been totally, completely different since then. I can't imagine what my life would be like. I might not have ever led small group, and I probably wouldn't be here, that's for sure. Imagine, there's probably around 100 people in this room. There are 120 in that situation. If all of us were baptized in the Holy Spirit, what would happen on our campus, guys? What would happen when we leave here and go, like girls go to Taco Bell, guys go wherever we're going, right? And then all of the waitresses, the waiters, the kitchen staff, everyone sitting next to us, they're all getting saved. We go back to our dorms, our apartments, the hotel, you know, not the hotel, apartment management, they're getting saved, right? The people we drive by, you know, maybe they're getting saved. I'm not sure. Everyone that we see, that we talk to, according to the Bible, with this baptism of the Holy Spirit, is much more likely to listen to what we have to say about Jesus if we have this baptism. 3,000. Let's say 2,000. Right? Just 2,000. Those 2,000, they get saved on this campus. 2,000 more? That's what, 4,000. What if we double 8,000, 16,000, by the end of the week, we're out of a job. That's pretty crazy. Then we just got to worry about the freshman year, the freshman next year. And that's an easy. Then going home, your family, over spring break, your friends that you hang out with. Guys, this is, this is a big deal. This is a game changer. Jesus knew. Jesus knew that, and that's why he told his disciples to wait. It's closer to Jesus, and it's empowerment to do what he's told us to do. Right? That's why we're here. So you guys can walk with Jesus, and so others that we talk to can do the same thing as well. Ben, y'all can come up. So, this is an opportunity for you guys to receive everything and more that I've just talked about. It's biblical, and it's for today. Right? Do you want more of Jesus? Do you want to be empowered to do what he's called us to do? Do you just want to see what life look, looks like in this baptism? If the answer to any of those is yes, then, then I suggest that you, you pray for this baptism. You ask for this tonight. If you're not saved, that's okay. You can come pray with someone too. If you want to give your life to Jesus and you've been coming for a while or whatever, you can, you can give your life to Jesus and you could receive the baptism right there. There are multiple people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit either the same day or within a month or like Sarah, it was a year. It wasn't 10 years. For me, it was 10 years. For her, it was a year. That's awesome. But yeah, if that's you, then you, you should come up tonight. So how are we going to respond? Well, like the disciples did, 
It said they waited and they worshipped. That's all we're going to do. Because in the atmosphere of worship and, and the posture of our hearts of, of a prayerful attitude is when Jesus shows up. He's done it before. This time, we're just going to ask him to give us this gift, right? Maybe you're unsure. And you're like, ah, I don't know. You've been talking about this stuff. I just heard about it. I still got this stuff I'm kind of holding on to. That's okay. That's where I was. <laughs> I had never seen this stuff before, remember? I was unsure, but I just said, Lord Jesus, what I've seen, what you've told me is convincing enough. It was unexpected, but completely undeniable. And so I just said, I'm yours, Jesus. And I prayed with Josh, and then it happened, right? It may not happen that quickly for, for everybody, right? It took the disciples 10 days, 120 of them, 10 days, praying and worshiping and doing nothing else. So if you want that tonight and it doesn't happen immediately, that's okay. Keep praying. The Lord promised it was for everybody. It's a gift to us, right? And so he's going to give it to him if we just ask. He's going to give it to us if we just ask. So when you pray for it, don't be surprised if you start speaking in tongues, right? That seems to be one of the holdups. Well, the reason we see tongues accompany the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because like all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's a form of witness, right? It's a form of prophecy. So that's why we see it accompanied with the baptism. So don't be surprised if you start prophesying either. You know, that'd be pretty crazy. That'd be awesome, right? Tongues, any of the gifts, wisdom, right? Knowledge, all these things. The Lord wants us to have this. So I'm going to stop talking, and we're just going to pray, and we're going to worship. Father God, thank you, Lord, for um, for this baptism. Jesus, we love you. We trust you, God, and we we want to be faithful to what you've called us to do, what you've commanded us to do, Jesus. God, would you help us set aside our, our lack of understanding, Jesus, and know that because you you're infinite, God, that we're never going to understand this stuff completely anyways. God, would you meet us here? Lord, would you pour out your spirit on us? Yeah, God, just, we need you. We want you. Come, Lord. Amen.